What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rock Strikes 10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're listening to this on any other of the podcatchers out there. If there's a way to leave a star rating or review, then I would greatly appreciate that. And you're already a friend of mine if you're listening anyway, but that would be extra cool. Be a lot cooler if you did. All right. Movie quotes aside, we are now into part six of the top 100 records of the decade. The best rock and roll music from the last 10 years, from 2010 to 2019. I worked long and hard on this. This was like over a year in the making. And I hope you really enjoy these episodes. These episodes are for you, the friends of the show. And uh, unlike the last episode, not as many repeats on this one at all. Maybe a couple, if that. Uh, So this will be kind of a whole refreshing episode here for you if you've been coming along with me on this journey. Of course, if this is your first episode, please go back to part one of the top 100 records of the decade. I don't know why you would come in on the middle of the list, but go back to number 100. Number 100, not too far from number 50 as far as quality goes. And the key thing here is I actually recommend every full album on this list, not just cherry picking off of it. It had to be the entire album, which made ranking these things really especially hard. However, coming in at number 50, uh, a guy who is a, uh, a big deal for me, I, I call Randy Brown a true alternative. This guy is definitely one of the kings of alternative music, in my opinion. Former member of the great Husker Du, Bob Mould has consistently put out solo material post-Husker Du, and he does some great stuff. His stuff is always quality. I really haven't heard a bad record by this guy. Uh, so that being said, I gotta say, if you're a longtime fan of this guy, or maybe you have nothing by him, this is a great album to get. I fully believe that this is the best album he's ever done that didn't have the name Husker Du on it. So this is his best solo outing to date. And I will take a lie detector. It is the absolute truth. Go pick up Bob Mould's album, Sunshine Rock. It is a revelation of just pure rock fun. And uh, it's just, I can't say much more about it. Self-produced album. Came out on February 8th of 2019. Great kickoff track here. Hope you enjoy this. This is Sunshine Rock. Thank you. 
That one goes out especially to my brother-in-arms in rock, podcasting, and otherwise, my friend Baco. That one goes out to you especially, sir. Uh, yeah, fist on the heart right there. So, yeah, that was Bob Mould with Sunshine Rock, the title track from the album, Sunshine Rock. And you should get this record. It is awesome. And one of those things that I should say more, although, you know, I feel like this is more of an I Am Vinyl podcast thing. Go listen to that on cnjradio.com. Pete LaRussa. You get the vinyl of this, and it takes care of you. You get the download card as well. I am so big on that. That should be the only way to be for labels putting out vinyl. Give us both. We want the best of both worlds. We want the art, and we want the convenience. Give us our download cards. We paid money for these things. We deserve it. I'm not too entitled of a person, but I do believe that we deserve those things when we support music directly like that. Because we are buyers, we are not renters. There's another shot at an app that uh, turned their back on a lot of podcasts recently. All right, going over to number 49... Uh, a Texas band that I discovered a little over 10 years ago, back in 2009. That was a weird year, but one of the best things that happened at all during that year was I went out to the House of Blues over in Dallas, finally got to see the New York Dolls live. But before them, I saw this band name on the marquee and I was like, hmm, I don't know how to feel about that, but I've never heard them, so how bad could they be if they're opening for the Dolls? And out comes this band from Austin, Texas, called Black Joe Lewis and the Honey Bears at the time. Now, they're, they're actually kind of phasing out the second part of that name, so we're going to go right into just calling them Black Joe Lewis. Black Joe Lewis proved that night to be probably in the top five best opening bands I've ever seen. It's, it's great when you can go to a show and just immediately get into and discover a band and want to buy all their records and go and see them live on their own the next time they come through town. They're that kind of a band. And I love it. It's rock. It's soul. It's just everything great about American music. And uh, it's it's so cool. He's got Black Joe Lewis up there. Just looks like a regular-ass guy. And then you got the like the hipster-looking rhythm section. And then you got the Spanish horn section. <laughs> it's just... And they did two covers that night. They did a cover of I Don't Mind by James Brown. And then also they did an Iggy Pop cover of <laughs> I Feel Alright. So, like, any band that could do James and Iggy in the same night and pull it off, that's tops right there. That's good stuff. Uh, So they put out uh, a good amount of albums over this decade, I believe about four or so. Uh, My favorite one, and Scandalous is really good. It just barely didn't make the cut. But I'd say their best overall album, if you're going to start with something for Black Joe Lewis, you definitely want to get Electric Slave best overall album they did there's so much variety on this album like i described about the band in general it's hard to pick a song to represent so for a band that does a lot of rock and soul and 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 stuff like that and dance stuff i'm gonna play you kind of one of their more punk rock songs so like i said not a definitive representation of what this album is but it's one of the representations so here you go this is black joe lewis and young girls
like the idea of a rock song called Young Girls, which actually flips the narrative of what you might expect in rock and roll because I actually played a song earlier in the countdown by Death by Ungabunga, also called Young Girls, which is more pro-young girls. This one is more anti-young girls. So I really like that. There you go. Extra amount of variety here on Rock Strikes 10. We are compelled to see it both ways and understand it both ways. <laughs> and of course, that was Black Joe Lewis from the album Electric Slave. Came out on August 23rd of 2013. Uh, keep an eye out for them. They're still together and they're still doing shows. So if they come to your town, go see them. And tell them you heard them on Rock Strikes 10. They seem very approachable. So, all right. Speaking of approachable, I've heard this next artist multiple times on the first ever rock podcast, The Rock and Roll Geek Show. And Michael definitely let me know about this album, so I give him all the credit for this. And just letting me know that this guy was still putting out music. I was a fan of this guy as a kid, and just to know that he's still doing it, still out there, and it's a cliche, but as good as he ever was. And I remember when I first downloaded this album, because I had to download it because it's, it's all just import only, and I will eventually get a physical copy of this because I must have this record on vinyl. This album is so good, I really actually expected this to be like at least in my top 20, which is a, a testament to how good a lot of these albums are. So do not sleep on this album. Uh, Damn Baird and Homemade Sin. The album is called Circus Life came out on November 24th of 2013, produced by Ben Strano. Uh, this thing right here, uh, I've, I've called it the Southern Rock Album of the Year. It still is. Uh, if you love Southern Rock in any way, or just great freaking songwriting, and if you love good, direct, dirty guitar tone, this is your album. Circus Life by Dan Baird and Homemade Sin. And just to show you what kind of integrity Dan Baird has, Homemade Sin is basically three-fourths of the original Georgia Satellites. The only difference is Warner E. Hodges from Jason the Scorchers is the lead guitar player in the band now. So instead of just keeping the name Georgia Satellites, which he has a legal right to do, I believe, he just called it something else because he has that kind of integrity because it's a little different. He did not want to call it Georgia Satellites when he easily could have. That's, uh, as far as I know, that's the case. So if I'm wrong about that, please let me know and I'll correct that on the show. But, uh, like I said, get this record. I really wanted to play the ballad on here, uh, but you know what? I'm going to go with this one. I haven't played it on the show yet. And it's also a great representative of this record, and I love the way Warner E. Hodges comes in on the chorus and provides that extra harmony. I'm a big fan of that stuff. Like back when you were a kid, when you're like, oh man, that Richie Sambora can sing. It's the same kind of thing. Like, man, where'd that guy come from? And Warner's been great forever, but I just love him in this band. He just adds that element that I was looking for. So I've, I've glommed enough about this album. Let's get to the song. It says, Dan Baird and Homemade Sin with Breakdown and Cry. Quit on you 
Break Down and Cry from Dan Baird and Dan Baird and Homemade Sin from the album Circus Life. Go get that. Dan's put out other records over the decade and he's continued so ever since he dropped that first Satellites record back in 86, 87, whatever it was. 30 plus years later and he's still killing it. Uh, But that's his best album of the last decade, Circus Life. Go get that record. Something happened to him, man. Over the, uh, He's definitely had some relationship issues. He must have because... Between that song and uh, that ballad on there, man, something is up. But man, sometimes that heartbreak do provide the best art you possibly can put out, man. Anyway, moving on here. Kind of tied in a little bit to the South still. Speaking of the that being the best Southern Rock album of the whole decade. By the way, before I get to the next one, I, I said best Southern Rock album of the decade. And it definitely is one that just missed the list. Uh, and I'll go ahead and do this now as opposed to doing it on a halftime show, which I'm going to do the halftime show after this next song. But while I'm thinking about it, if you ha- the best country album of the entire decade, in my opinion, was Dwight Yoakam's Secondhand Heart. Uh, this was Dwight's like pure rock album, basically. There's a lot of rock and power pop influence on there. I hear Beach Boys influence, Cheap Trick influence, and just, of course, you know, Dwight's signature, you know, Bakersfield sound. He does a, a swinging, upbeat version of Man of Constant Sorrow. Uh, just the whole album is killer. I have really no excuse why I left off the top 100. I guess it just missed out during one of the cuts. Maybe uh, maybe there was, like, a song I didn't like on there. I don't know. 
but that was the country album of the decade. Dwight Yoakam, Secondhand Heart. I believe if you ask Randy Brown, he'll tell you the last couple of Casey Musgraves records, so go get those too. But definitely get Dwight Yoakam's Secondhand Heart. It is the best album he's ever done, and one of the best country albums I've ever heard, if you have to call it country. It's more rock, but anyway. Alright, so I'm going to play a couple more songs before we do the halftime show, because... I feel like this, uh, the one I'm going to play after the next song might throw some people. So let's, let's just go about it that way. So tied into the South, once again, one of my other favorite country slash Americana artists, Lucinda Williams. She put out a ton of records this decade. None of them honestly made the cut for the top 100, but I still recommend getting pretty much anything by her. Lucinda is one of the great writers of all time. And when I go down that country hole, she's definitely in there. But I was pleasantly surprised and shocked to hear that she had recorded a duet with one of my favorite singers of all time michael monroe for his uh comeback solo album sensory overdrive i was just like wow really that's cool and uh so yeah i got to the song and it didn't let me down and i I keep going back to it it's one of those songs that i always like to put on it puts me in a good mood and uh the the sensory overdrive album is great anyway also produced by the legendary producer jack douglas who did albums for alice cooper and of course cheap trick john lennon that's some lightweights there whoever heard of those guys anyway uh but yeah jack douglas produces awesome michael monroe album sensory overdrive uh you know his solo band is amazing and uh on this particular one he co-writes and the second guitar player in the band is actually ginger wildheart so there's an extra factor there that makes me really enjoy it Uh, but yeah i keep going back to this song here so i figure i'm just going to play it of course the rest of the album is atypical michael monroe and that's a great thing you get what you pay for with him and uh you're going to hear it all throughout this record but there's a little deviation with this song but like i said just want to play it. it's one of my favorite songs of the decade so here you go a really awesome chill inducing duet between michael monroe and lucinda williams with the song gone baby gone Pretty 
All right, Michael Monroe along with Lucinda Williams with Gone Baby Gone from the album Sensory Overdrive. I, I wish I could have been Michael Monroe in, like in his shoes during the promotion of the album because, you know, you do the interview circuit and all that. And I would just coast on this. Well, I did a duet with Lucinda Williams and Lemmy on this album. Is there any other album that exists in this world that has both of those people on it? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's what I would have done. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Sensory Overdrive by Michael Monroe. Coming up at number 46. Definitely give an extra special thanks to BJ from the Rock and or Roll podcast for this one. He knows why. Uh, this is just a killer record by a band that should have been huge, probably because of their name. They did get signed at one point to a major, and I think for the same reason, the name. Probably why they didn't make it. I believe they were asked to change it. I don't know what happened after that. <laughs> uh, this was a band that had a lot of ties into Dallas. They a lot. I think a lot of them were living out here when they were first independent, or at least they were doing business with a lot of the uh, local promoters and indie labels around here, because they started out on Idle Records, which is definitely a Dallas label. Uh, and they put out an EP, and then a full length later, and then that was it. They just disappeared off the face of the planet, and then they came back with a full-length album uh, a couple of years ago, back on April 6th of 2017. Talking about this band called The Fags. Yes. So, i tell you what. Just for the sake of argument and time, we're going to say they're British. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, The Fags, their second full-length album called I'm With Her, and it is just a continuation of where they left off with Light em Up. They make perfect-sounding power pop rock albums in the fine tradition of your cheap tricks and big stars and raspberries with a little bit extra distortion added into it and a little bit punk influence added into it you get a band that is super pleasant to my ears and potentially and hopefully others as well so what else to say this is the fags from the album i'm with her this is ray of light
Yeah, that wasn't radio friendly at all. Uh, anyway, I, I apologize for not playing radio friendly material on my show. But there you go. That was the fags with Ray of Light from the album I'm With Her. That was cool, man. And getting the Pledge Music version of that was especially killer. They threw in some crazy random covers in there. They, I know that there's some ties to Detroit with this band. I think most of them are from Detroit. They do a cover of Nugent's Motor City Madhouse, but they also did a cover of Iron Maiden's Power Slave. Yeah, but it worked. It really does work. I'm surprised, but yeah. We will, of course, get back to the countdown in just a matter of a couple of minutes. We're going to do what I've been doing on all these episodes. It's up to the halftime show. So here's where I get out my phone and my list of albums that did not make the cut for the top 100. Uh, I was going to say through no fault of their own, but uh, these are albums that, you know, while the ones on this top 100 are all super quality, pretty much don't have a bad song on them, or at least not a ho-hum song on there. Uh, these were kind of more in the three-quarter good to 80% kind of thing, and nothing wrong with that, man. That's pretty good, especially nowadays, but they just didn't make the top 100 for that reason. I was very picky about this list, but I still think that a handful of these albums are worth your time. Just looking up and down the list here, trying to find artists that I don't represent at all here in the top 100, because I may mention the other albums, uh, you know, here and there, but uh, uh, one worth pointing out for sure, Brody Dolly's. Uh, her solo album, Diploid Love, was a super cool record. Wish it could have made the top 100, but I definitely recommend getting that. Brody Dolly's Diploid Love. Um, I, I like Fozzie, you know, but I, I don't think they have that definitive album yet. But I think the closest they came was an album they put out in this last decade called Do You Want to Start a War? So if you're going to get anything by this band, get that one. That one just missed the top 100. There's like the middle section of the album is just okay, but the uh, top and bottom parts of them are really, really good. The best stuff they've ever done. So go check out the Fozzie album. Do you want to start a war? Uh, the Struts, everybody wants their debut album, uh, which I think was Eddie Trunk's favorite album of the year, three years after the album came out. But anyway, um, yeah, I enjoy the record. I, I like pop. I like rock. I like good pop. And they seem to have it. They got that campy British thing going on. But, you know, I dig it. So, yeah, everybody wants a quality album. Um, yeah, a, kind of a surprising album. And not that it's great all the way through, but super three-quarters good is Billy Idol's Kings and Queens of the Underground. There are some surprisingly great songs on there. Uh, the song Break Me Down on there is as good of a song as I heard this entire decade. That's one of those songs that I remember when I heard it, I'm like, man, this thing deserves to be a hit. And if anybody else that was on the charts was singing this right now, it would be like a number one for months and months on end. Like if Katy Perry had done Can't Bring Me Down uh, off this album, it'd be huge. It would be the biggest song of the decade but it should have been but go listen to billy and that record that's pretty cool another album that had one of my favorite songs of the entire decade on it and it was sad cutting off as well was the first and self-titled album by red dragon cartel kind of jakey lee's come back to the world and uh, it's got a couple of different lead singers on it so it's a little disjointed sounding and that kind of hurts the album i think uh but there's a song in there called seagull or at least that's like half of the title. It's like in parentheses. But uh, that is one of the best songs I heard this entire decade. It is something else. It just gets me every time I hear it. It's like Fly From The Sky Seagull or something like that. I can't believe I don't know the name of it, but it's one of my favorite songs. Trust me, it rules. And I'm not an idiot. Uh, a band that uh, I reviewed quite a bit of their albums. They had a lot of albums out this decade. And it's kind of one of those things where their sound is so consistent. It's really hard to rate their albums, if that makes any kind of sense. 
Uh, not so much in the ACDC kind of way, but close. Uh, but it's it's just hard. I, I, I don't know. If you know this band, I think you know what I mean. But Crowbar. Crowbar puts out consistently good material. If you're a metal fan, it's heavy, heavy metal. Sludgy, sort of doomy, just poundage. <laughs> it's just good stuff. So if you're in the mood for some metal, you could definitely do worse uh, than checking out some Crowbar stuff. Uh, some cool kind of like pseudo supergroup kind of records that came out uh, in 2014. Pennant Gales Pridgen put out a second album, and that one's pretty good actually. It's a little jammy, but I dig it. And also the California Breed album with Glenn Hughes, Andrew Watt, and Jason Bonham. That California Breed record's pretty damn good. It's a little over three quarters good, and I can't believe that one didn't make the cut for the top 100 either. Once again, just proof positive as to how hard this list was to put together and we're getting back to said list i was actually going to mention that in 2014 uh, gerard way put out a solo album called hesitant alien and i really like that record a lot too and that one just missed the cut as well probably sort of due to the inclusion of the next entry here which uh you know longtime friends of the show this may not surprise you and i played a few songs off of this album and i knew it would do well in the decade list i was i was definitely not surprised to see it in the top 100 uh, but it was good enough to come in at number 45 for this list and which may not prove to be but at the time it was the last album by my chemical romance and i am not going to apologize that i was late to the party for my chemical romance i do believe the band got better over time and i got into them just at the right time the only problem is i proved to be a jinx for them because as i was getting into them they were breaking up go figure uh, but going out on this note at the time, uh, this album, which is, I guess, a loose concept, dystopian kind of thing, while, like, the Black Parade was kind of conceptual as well, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but, man, this album just really hit me. There's a lot of great material on here, and I, I kind of, I was calling it This Decade's Hysteria. Not that it's as good as Def Leppard's Hysteria or anything, but it, it gives me the same kind of feeling. Like, it's super overproduced, but the songs are really catchy, and it's kind of undeniable for that reason. And that's why I love the album so much. So, sometimes overproduction is the way to go. Uh, so, in the case of Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys. Yeah, I know. Long title. Super indulgent. But uh, I kept listening to it over the decade, and it's just one of my favorite albums of the last ten years. So, it deserves to be on this list. So here you go, coming in at number 45, My Chemical Romance, with the album Danger Days, and the song, The Only Hope for Me Is You. Then I'd be free. 
There you go. My Chemical Romance with The Only Hope for Me Is You from the album Danger Days came out on November 22nd of 2010. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving over here into something a little more obvious for Rock Strikes 10. One of my favorite new bands the last decade. Uh, Probably the best of my new bands that I got into this decade. It's up there. Top three at least. And they really bring it live. They leave everything out there as the wildlife. Uh, W-Y-L-D-L-I-F-E in case you look them up. W-Y-L-D-L-I-F-E. They put out three full links in this decade. 
And uh, as you might be able to tell without spoiling it too much, they get a little better as they go on. So by the time they got to their sophomore album, The Time Has Come to Rock and Roll, uh, really established what this band was going to be. So much so that I actually left their debut album off of the top 100. It was pretty good. They were getting there. They just weren't there yet. But it all came together in their second album, The Time Has Come to Rock and Roll, which came out on April 16th of 2013. I heard about this on a couple of different rock podcasts. Pretty sure I heard them on Rock and Roll Geek Show and Decibel Geek. I'm not sure in what order, so I can't give exact proper credit to whoever might be listening, so I apologize. But I definitely didn't play them first. I will take credit for breaking a few of these bands, uh, you know, in my own selfish way. But not this band. But they're so good. Uh, So you should have all their records. And... This is a band that, like, just, they just get it, and, you know, you take an old idea that's been done to death, but when you can still put out a song just about this and make it super fun and catchy and a song that I want to listen to all the time, then you're definitely doing it right. So here you go. Here's a tried and true song title right here, done well by Wildlife. This is Saturday Night. Whatever you 
Wildlife right there. W-Y-L-D-L-I-F-E with S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. Night. All right. So yeah, Wildlife, Saturday night. From the time has come to rock and roll. Go get that record. Go see them live. And I think they got something new coming out really soon. They put out a lot of seven inches between their last full length on Wicked Cool Records. So go get all that stuff. They're great. All right. Speaking of great, my favorite artist of all time, who came in at number 100 on the top 100 records of the decade, just to kind of prove the point that I wasn't fucking around. And yeah, I, I wasn't head over heels in love with Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper. But I gotta say, I really dig the Paranormal record. Uh, The only thing that kept it this low on the list, honestly, was having just one bad, shitty zero-point song on there. A song called Holy Water. Awful, awful terrible. Probably in the top ten worst Alice songs ever. Easily top five, probably, actually. Uh, And it really puts a damper on the album as a whole. But... The rest of the album is really cool. It's really good. It's good enough, and the performances sound good enough to kind of erase the sins of, you know, what the narrative of the album was. And by that, I mean, it's pretty obvious that, you know, Bob Ezrin being a partner with Alice now in his productions seems to be calling the shots of who's playing on the record. Uh, I think it's really short-sighted to not have Alice's actual touring band playing on the album because they're clearly all great musicians. They all put out their own albums. We know they know how to exist in a studio. And a lot of them are really good writers, too. So I don't understand the disinclusion of the current band in there. So it's one of those things where even if I knew every in and out about the production on this, clearly the credits on the album state that his band's not on there. So it's not a case of knowing too much. It's a case of what's right and what's wrong, really. Uh, But that all being said, still really enjoy the Paranormal album. I didn't want to hate it, but I wanted to be like, see, it's not as good as it could have been. It's pretty damn good, though. Despite the fact that the U2 drummer plays drums on the whole thing, or most of it. Uh, Thankfully, the original Alice Cooper group comes back for a handful of songs on here. And uh, this is one of those songs, actually, or at least uh, somewhat. Uh, A really cool guy that I met out at Good Records in Dallas, a guy named Nick Didikoski, he plays guitar on this album. I met him clearly after he had cut the songs on this album, and he did not say anything about being on the record. So that guy can definitely keep a secret, let's just say. So Uh, He is the Glenn Buxton Jr. in this unit, and he actually stood in for Glenn uh, during the full band reunion songs on this album. So that's cool too i think steve hunter played a little bit too once again there's tons of guests on this album uh you know i talked about the u2 guy Uh, also billy gibbons plays on it Uh, roger glover plays on it It, it's it's a cast of stars for sure uh but this one like i said this goes all the way back as an idea of a song to the first alice cooper album actually dennis dunaway wrote this song mainly and he says that he's been holding on to it since the late 60s it's kind of a uh, vietnam war song basically uh and it's really spooky and it's really cool Got a great video attached to it also. It was the uh, second single, I believe, for the album. And I think maybe the best overall song on the proper album. By that, I mean there's some good bonus tracks as well. Some of those songs are actually better than some of the songs on the album. Anyway, uh, but all that being said, coming in at number 43, Alice Cooper's album Paranormal. And this song right here, The Sound of A.
There you go, The Sound of A from Alice Cooper from the album Paranormal. Of course, like I said, produced by Bob Ezrin. Came out on July 28th, 2017. Uh, that album actually, and the other reason I think I might like that album just a little bit more than most people, it makes me think of the first Rock and Pot Expo, which was overall mostly a beautiful thing. And uh, so I think of that because that was the album I was listening to on the road uh, back and forth whenever it came out. So, yeah, good memories right there. Good times. Shout out to all of my cool, positive 
podcast, Brethren, Cobras and Fire, Pods and Sides, Rock and or Roll, anything that Ken Mills does, Tramps Like Us, Talking Metal, of course. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the last two on here. I'm actually going to do a double shot. I did not anticipate this in advance, but as I was finalizing the list, I was like, you know, this is perfect. We're going to do this, not just strictly out of laziness for me as an excuse to do a double shot, but as you will hear, this band has just a sound. Their albums are so consistent. I have this weird feeling if I if I ever put all the points together on this band's output by the end of the day, they will all be so similar. It will be really hard to rank them overall. It's a new band on the scene, new metal band called Haunt. And I think at this point, as of this air date, they have released like four full lengths, including like a collection of demos, uh, within the last two and a half years. I mean, these guys are on fire. Uh, it's... It's something else. <laughs> uh, so officially, their first full-length album came out on August 10th, 2018, called Burst Into Flame. And their second sophomore follow-up album came out like nine months later on May 17th, 2019. That's some rough math for you right there. And the first time I heard this band was on one of the initial, if not the initial, uh, episode of I Am Vinyl that Pete does. And I remember going, oh, that's cool. That sounds cool. I'll, I'll write that down. And then, I, you know, t- shit happens, I forget. My memory is kind of bad sometimes. Fast forward to I'm working at uh, my current store that I'm working at. Just a random day at work. And a couple of these albums come in by this band Haunt. And I just went ahead and bought them like that day. I'm like, they, they look really interesting. How bad could it be? If I hate them, I'll just return them. And then I listened to them and I was like, this is great. And then I was like, I, I was about to do that thing like, hey, Pete, is this that, you know, have you heard of this band? I initially was going to say, dude, have you heard of this band? Like trying to, you know, brag and break them for your friends, you know, that we all, we all do this. And instead I was like, wait a second. Hey, is this that band you played? <laughs> on the first episode he's like yeah yeah that was them i was like oh okay i I, i'm stupid (laughs) but uh yeah it's all right it's all good it's it's what matters is that we got there right uh so yeah i just been playing the shit out of these two albums and uh if you're an old school metal guy this is your favorite new band like they have that sound where like well, thrash is kind of about to happen but it hasn't happened happened yet and it's that kind of a thing you could tell they're using old boards and old gear, and I really appreciate that. No Pro Tools here. If, if they use Pro Tools, they strictly use it in editing. It's all definitely two-inch tape. Uh, I'd be damn surprised if it wasn't, you know. Uh, but all that being said, production nerd stuff and just music nerd stuff aside, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. So we're going to play back-to-back entries. Coming in at number 42 and 41, this is Haunt.
All right, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that heavy metal double shot of Haunt. Let's do the actual notes here officially. The first song you heard was from their first album, Burst Into Flame, and that was the title track. Of course, Burst Into Flame. We follow that up, of course, with a song off of their sophomore album, If Icarus Could Fly, and that song was called Run and Hide. Go pick up some hot records. They already have a third album out. So let's say that was uh, May 2019, January 2020. They already have a third album out called Mind Freeze. They've, they've got the whole thing down. Like I call it the Iron Maiden factor. Is the album cover cool? Yes. Does the music deliver? Yes. Good logo? Yes. Everything you need in metal. <laughs> it is there with Haunt. Coming to my town in a few months, definitely going to go see them, and uh, I'm sure you'll hear them more also on future episodes of I Am Vinyl with Pete LaRussa. That's two extra plugs there, because you're going to hear a plug again here in just a little bit. Uh, speaking of all that, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you stick around for the rest of the countdown that we have here. We still have 40 more songs to go, four more parts with the top 100 records of the decade, so stick with it. Tell your friends. You got a friend that hasn't bought a new album in the last 10 years this is the show for them so let them know uh, until then stay tuned for nola and the best outro song in the business we would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today you can reach us on facebook or twitter we love getting messages and always do our best to respond every time you share our show we give our cat willow an extra treat we are on twitter at rockstrikes 10 and the direct email is rockstrikes10 at gmail.com When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rockstrikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, the Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure. Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. And the I Am Vinyl podcast, with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun.